Good evening and welcome to the Unisexual Healing Podcast. Alongside Miss Go Within, I'm Joe Alexander. We're recording live on Anchor by Spotify. Miss Go Within, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Excited to be back on the mic and to share some more good information. Yeah, yeah. So, before we begin, uh, we'll be remiss if we don't mention the tragic and sudden passing of rapper and actor DMX. Passed on April 9th at the age of 50. Being the face of the record label Worth Riders, DMX became the first hip-hop artist to have five albums debut at number one on the Billboard music charts. The first to release three albums in two years, and the second artist to release two albums in the same calendar year. Tupac was being the first one to do that. DMX was a phenomenal actor, starring in action films such as Romeo Must Die, Exit Wounds, and Cradle to the Grave. His battle with drug addictions was well documented he never shied away from it. His faith in God was also well known. The world lost a great talent. We at Unisexual Healing offer our deepest and heartfelt condolences to the family and friends of DMX. Rest in peace, brother. Rest in peace. All right. So it's Unisexual Healing Podcast. We're here on uh, Anchor by Spotify. Today's topic is identity crisis. All right. I did an episode on this um, on my old podcast on another network. And basically what it is, is um, we have women now who are out there doing it. They're doing their independent thing, making their money, owning their own homes, buying their cars, uh, creating opportunities for themselves and other women. And the thing is, is that there's been complaints where women would say it's hard to find a good man that could be partners to what they're doing. Um, and men just don't, they're finding themselves um, trying to fit in into a woman's life now because our positions are identity is tied into being providers and protectors of what's ours, the family and our relationships. But that's no longer the case anymore. Um, women can, like I said, do everything that a man can. <clears throat> and um, men just find it hard to find their niche, to find their roles. In. So what we need to do is trying to refine and redefine what it is to be a man, not just in society, but in women's life. And that starts with communication. Um, what could we bring that no one else could bring for a woman? Well, what you have to be an addition and not a subtraction. Okay. Cause it's just hard enough as is, um, being a man, you know, particularly being a black man, like as soon as you step outside your door, you are a target. We've seen that the last couple of days uh, with some people being shot by police, 
um, dying unnecessarily, and um, and all that. So we in the middle of a pandemic. We got that element uh, going around. We're still being uh, targeted by thugs. So we got three different themes that's trying to kill us every day. And so being one as a unit in a relationship is challenging enough. But defining, it don't even have to mean gender roles per se, just a role. Like, what can I provide for you as a partner in your life that makes it less stressful, that makes it um, more enjoyable? This is not a competition. This is not about, you know, what what women um, can do better than a man and vice versa. It's not about that. It's about being harmonious, living together, being one together. And you see a lot of uh, unnecessary arguments and debate about um, who has it worse. You know, you got so many outside um, influences and um, people that that conjure up um, conflict amongst men and women, and it's unfortunate. So this, that that's the subject for tonight, Miss Go. What do you have to say about it? Um, well, I just want to start off by acknowledging um, exactly what you're saying about um, men, black men in particular, having it hard. And um, that is true. And where I come in at is I'll just give a little background to who I am um, as far as like where my femininity lies Um where I would like it to be and to kind of explain my journey about going within. So I was raised um, in a household where my mom really kind of defined what a woman should be like and what it is to be a wife. And I didn't witness her um, giving that to my father, but I did witness her playing the wife role to um, my stepfather and um, she also was a good mother, quote unquote, to her children um, by being first a provider before my stepfather came in and then um, showing us the role again of what a wife should be. Um, with that being said, uh, growing up, I did always envision myself um, being a wife because that's what I seen. And so I was excited about that. And then I came into being a single mother. And so we had a conversation, Joel, about um, women being misplaced by having masculine roles. And so where that came in is, again, when I actually became a, a single mother. Um, I had to take on a role of provider, um, sole provider. Um, I had to take on a role of trying to um, protect and nurture at the same time and many different other things that a two-parent household would give. Um, but with that being said, it seemed 
well, it was this for me that because I had to take on, um, because I had to take on the role of um, provider and protector, it overshadowed um, my femininity. Um, and it seemed to get lost. Um, it didn't take away from me being a nurturer, but the true uh, peace and um, oneness of being a feminine woman um, got lost. And so I wanted to present the journey back into femininity. And what that took was me going back and really looking at what I witnessed as a child and what, and what my examples were all the way up. And so re going back, like I just said, my mother was first a single mother um, first. So I seen her full-time job, full-time school, full-time this coming home, being the breadwinner and all of that. And so I seen that first then going on to being married, being a wife. And, but even with her being a wife, now that I look back, she still was, she still carried these kind of masculine roles, even with her being a wife. Like she did the cooking and the cleaning and the all of that great stuff as a wife. But she had such a voice within the marriage. And my stepfather was... Um, more humble to, uh, I don't like to use the word humbles necessarily, but he was more, he was less masculine than what he should have been because my mom still didn't take off her um, masculine hat, even within her being a wife. So when you have these type of examples, you kind of can get lost when you make your own way right into relationships and things like that and so then I come into being a single mother and then I'm showing my daughter and then this is what she's getting and there there you go but as a woman um I feel like if you do not um, nurture that feminine side of yourself that um side that's not always having to be in control um that side that knows how to um be quiet and be led by a man you truly can lose it they say what you don't use you will lose okay and that does pertain to femininity now when you describe femininity some people think that it's all about being pretty and being smelling good and being, you know, it has to do with sex and all that. But that is not the true and full essence of being a feminine woman and bringing femininity into a relationship. The true femininity within a relationship is like yin and yang. It is the balance to masculinity, right? Yeah. I'm not going to describe masculinity because that I'm going to let you do that, Joel. But I mm-hmm. can... um describe since I've been doing my own inner work what that feels like and it feels like home when you can talk to a a man like a man whether it be a friend a brother a romantic interest and 
like just be there and absorb not necessarily take on but absorb his masculinity and humble yourself to his masculinity and offer him um um a nurturing and a peace that's what a part of femininity that women have lost because they go into these work environments that um where they have to be in roles where they're delegating right they're delegating um job uh, the job requirement like i work in hr so you it, you're used to like at being at work and delegating um different types of things or reprimanding um employees and things like that and you will literally take that home um and even as it pertains to um other things maybe your hobbies where you're used to being in charge and you're used to doing loss if you don't water a flower it will die and i feel like some of the ways that women are I think that they they don't they can't tell the difference between it's okay to be intelligent and feminine, right? It's right, like, right. oh no, I got my master's degree and I ain't finna have nobody telling me yada yada yada, but they don't understand you can have your master's degree at school with education and you can have your master's degree with femininity. It's right. not one or the other. And I feel right. like until until you humble your ego as a woman, you will get lost in the sauce, right? Yep. And I've been yep. there, so I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not coming from the place where I don't get what it is um, when men are saying, like, "What is my position if you gonna be it all? Like, what do you yeah. Yeah. what do you really need me here for?" Um, right. And it's it's not something that you can just intellectually turn on it is right. a process of growth and it starts right. you're younger and growing up but then if uh-huh. you're if you're a broken woman i've been called a broken boo before if you are a broken woman you literally have to go and nurture those cracks from your childhood in order to develop that femininity yeah so that's what i have with that for starters and you can okay. tell me what you think. We also have three other individuals that are on the line who may have questions and they can put it in the inbox or may have comments. They can put it in the inbox and I will read those things off. Um, okay. But just to let them know. But yeah, that's what I have to offer um, okay. as we get into it. Okay. Thank you. Well, look, I mean, I want to touch on what you just alluded to. Um with the difficulty of transitioning from being a single woman, mother or whatever, into going into a relationship or marriage. Now I can speak to that directly because I found it difficult for me um, when I was uh, married to my ex, uh, we came from two totally different family dynamics. You know, I came from a two-parent home with a mother and a father who was married for 43 years up until the time that my mom passed away in 2001. Uh, She came from a single-parent home where her father uh, was in and out of jail, had a drug problem, and her mom was both, you know, the homemaker and the disciplinarian and 
and everything, playing both roles with the feminine and the masculine side. And she instilled in her girls to be independent, don't rely on uh, no man to do anything for you. And here we are in a three-year relationship. We decided to get married. And she brought that single woman, independent woman mentality into a marriage where I was raised to be the head of the house and head of the family. And we constantly clash, like when it comes to decision making or whatever, it, it was an argument. It, sometimes it was a knockdown, drag out argument that could last for hours or days or whatever the case. So it got to a point to where I chose peace over, you know, trying to show who's boss or who wears the pants or whatever and just pick my battles. But, you know, just being dismissive to the point of what my what I thought my role was at the time was difficult. And sometimes I found myself falling back and like, you know what, let her make a decision. You know what I'm saying? And, and let's just keep this thing moving. But internally for me, it was a problem. I just felt like I wasn't a natural man because I felt my masculinity, not that it was being questioned or anything like that, but it was in jeopardy. It was in risk of losing my, my true self. Look, I'm a Leo, a, a true Leo, at, at, you know, to, to his core. Like, I'm an extrovert. You know, I, I love to talk, you know, talk to people. And I'm a natural born leader and all that stuff. But those characteristics were compromised in that relationship because she operated more on her masculine side than her feminine side. Now, on the outside, she was a you know very attractive woman, nice shape, whatever. She, she dressed very nice, had you know nice curves, whatever. But on the inside, like I said, she operated as a man, and 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 it took me um, some years to really come to grips that I actually married another man, another me, and it just didn't work. I, I you know I couldn't function correctly as a man because of that and it, and it took me some time to like you know not recover from it but you know not put myself in, in a, a similar situation going forward with women today now like I said you know if anybody knows me I'm like one of the biggest feminists ever like you know I, I'm, I'm all about them uh, getting their education and, and their experience and, and having the best job possible and equal pay and all that stuff. But when it comes to my relationship, I, I just feel like, you know, I'm, I'm more traditional. And, you know, in order to lead a woman, that there has to be a big, big trust from her. And she's going to have to trust you with pretty much everything, her, her life, her livelihood, all the, her children, if she have any, all that stuff. You have to prove yourself worthy of gaining respect from her. And you have to warrant that respect by the, by the decisions that you make and the things that you do. Because if you ain't going to do directly for her, she's going to watch you. She's going to look at what you're doing as a man for yourself. And if it doesn't line up to what her ideal man is, then it just blows up everything. 
She'll, she'll lose confidence in you. She'll, she'll just lose faith, all that stuff. And it will take time to get that back if it was lost to begin with. So um, wh what do you say to that, uh, Ms. Go? Well, <clears throat> what I, my response to, to that is that I feel like what we have to realize when we are meeting someone is that obviously the saying is that you meet someone's representative, right? Yeah. And, um, but what you're truly meeting beyond the representative is the undeveloped parts of a person. That's what you're truly meeting. You are you are literally meeting a person's inner child. Mm -hmm. Wherever they got stuck at as a child and undeveloped part of themselves, that's who you're getting in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. So then that also helps you to either say, I'm ready for this. Mm -hmm. I can... Um, help this person grow or I I can be mature in this but that's who you are meeting and we tend to feel like when we meet in a person it's kind of like oh they're the package you know they they were attracted to them oh they're they intellectually got it together and all that and then we we don't get into the inner core we don't say mm -hmm. we don't ask the tough questions like how were you raised how, what do you want and just like someone someone just put up traditional versus modern what mm. kind of marriage do you see yourself having what kind of relationship do you see yourself we don't ask those questions you know why because when we meet someone we're already looking to see how they're going to fulfill our need right you're going into it thinking how is this person going to make me feel how is this person going to make me feel secure? Is this person going to sex me right? right? We're already coming from a selfish point of view because as a child, you're like my toy. Unless mm -hmm. someone is teaching you as you're growing up that it is not all about you. It right. is this or that or um, helping you properly develop um, communication skills. If you don't have that stuff growing up, you are going to still carry out a childlike way of even uh, having a relationship with someone. I know that was the case for myself because I looked at um, what, okay, this is what I can, this is what, this is who I am as a woman. And I should automatically get this from a man like entitled. I should automatically get this from a man because I'm not out there like this or that. And I'm not doing this. And I'm, it's like, it is literally going into someone else's world. We, wow. we each individually carry a world within us, a whole entire universe right. of memories, of, of pain, of sorrow, of guilt, of happiness, of all these different things. And guess what? If you have it within you, someone else does. Right. So you're literally scratching the surface of a person. And then oh. if a person doesn't meet your need, you're like, oh, it's their fault. And they, and they, and they, but you didn't even go into it asking questions that help you understand if this is something that you can even handle. Can you handle the other person's world that they bring with them? Uh -huh. Because you're starting off with lust.
like yeah. I said, starting off with the pick me. Mm-hmm. So there's a different there's different attachment styles. I won't get off heavy into it, mm-hmm. but you do have different attachment styles, meaning someone can be like an avoidant person. Like, I don't want too much pressure. You know, I, I, I want to have love interests, but I don't want them to pressure me to do anything. And then you have an anxious uh, attachment style, which is a person who's like, no, I can shower you with all this love so that you'll love me. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. you got to really discover what your attachment style is, where that came from, and how you go forward with it. And it all ties together with masculinity, femininity, love styles, um, and and all of the different things that are the breakdown of, uh, you know, relationships um, in itself. So I'll read from the group okay. uh, the message. If both people are unhealthy mentally, it's just going to be two worlds colliding after the infatuation stage. Confirmation of what I just said. We had someone speak to that. I'll say it again. If both people are unhealthy mentally, it's just going to be two worlds colliding after the infatuation stage. So I pose a question then to you, Joel, and and to to the audience. If you meet someone and you start asking me important questions and they're like, well, you know, I, you know, I got this issue or that issue or whatever the issue is. Do you stop there? Do you say, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to sign up for that. And then you go and then you move on to the next person. And then you discover that they, or do you say, I care about this person enough to work their journey through with them while I'm working mine. Cause first of all, we're not going to act like we partially don't attract what we are. Right. 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 I'm going to sit up here on our, on our soap boxes and be like, it's all the other person's fault. Every time we meet somebody. Right. You know? So mm-hmm. when we can, we can, we can humble ourselves enough to say, yeah, there's a reason why I'm attracting a, B and C. And then going from there, there's a reason why I'm attracting a man who may not be as masculine as I want him to be because I'm too masculine or, you know, or I'm not attracting, I'm not attracting feminine women because maybe my traits are feminine. Like you just never know why you meet people to pull certain things out of you Mm -hmm. um, or have you question things. I learned that as soon as I stopped pointing the finger at what was wrong with this and that guy and this and that I started more being able to look in the mirror like dang why there's some reason you're attracting this right. you know what I'm saying there's some right. reason and my my journey into femininity came where I started feeling empty being so masculine mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. that there was an emptiness like damn I just don't feel like fulfilled i don't feel at peace i feel like i'm missing and it was because the femininity was literally like so dried up and dwindled right um another comment before i hand it back over to you is the difference between it's the difference between what we need versus what we want Mm -hmm. so with that said i can pass it back over to you joel okay um, 
So, I, you know, I want to address off the, the last thing you said about asking the tough questions. I, I think that, <clears throat> you know, going in is depending on the person's mindset. There is a difference between uh, dating, getting to know someone, and dating with a purpose. Mm-hmm. You have to be honest with yourself to see where do you fit in between the two. Mm-hmm. Now, you could be a person that just got out of a tough relationship and had that, oh, I don't want to be alone, so I'll just go out there and, and just be a serial dater. Mm-hmm. Except, you know, dating invitations. Yeah, let's go hang out here. Let's go to Starbucks or blah, blah, blah. And, and there's no pressure of trying to have conversations that could lead to someone um, figuring out if they want to have something with that person at that moment. So if your uh, situation calls for you to uh, want to date because you want to have a relationship and or marriage, then you're going to have to ask, the, and probably not up front, like you don't want to scare the person, you know what I'm saying, completely off, off, off the first date. You know, the first date is usually, you know, somewhere casual where you can relax and enjoy each other's company, see if there's any chemistry there. Um, just you know, ask softball questions, stuff like that. But if you're, if, if, if the chemistry is there physically and you enjoy each other's presence and you want to have that going forward, um, you're going to gradually have to ask those tough questions and see if both of you guys' mentalities lines up with one another. You may not agree on everything, but, you know, the, the, the important things that matters to you you may have to be in sync with and you have to be honest and not let people um, into believing that uh, you want something serious, but you want uh, some somebody temporary that's going to pass the time until you find someone that you really, really want, you know, because you're bored and you, um, you know, just just again, th- th- not wanting to be alone, that the empty feeling of not having someone there that you can depend on um, to, to listen to you, to be your companion, to be your lover, you know, all these things that we long to have, you know what I'm saying? Long-term partnership. Um, you know, you, you, you have to have those conversations. So um, it, it just depends on how you uh, present it. You know, you have to present it with, you know, a, a little meekness and kindness and not saying that you got to sugarcoat it, but also not, you know, present it where you have to put someone uh, back into a corner and put pressure on them to, you know, have the same wants and needs as you, because that may not be the case. Now, maybe over time that could develop, but right away you, you just enjoying each other's company, trying to fill each other out and see where it goes from there. Do we have any more comments from the... Uh... Yes, we actually do. Before I pose my question to okay. the audience, we have a good comment here. And the comment is, um, based on the question I asked, if you meet someone, you're, que- you, you're asking the questions, and it comes around that they have you know A, B, and C issue, what should, you, what should you do? And the comment is, I think you should stop there because it's so easy to try and rush other people's journey and if you're not strong enough to fix your, your mental health, then trying to help someone with their mental health 
could easily stop you from really engaging in your own healing. And as human beings, it's easier for us to become judgmental and say my issues is not as bad as his or hers, which could overall stop you from focusing on self. The blind can't lead the blind. They both would find themselves in a ditch. That was a very good comment. Um, And from that, I want to ask, just so we can kind of stay on task of the journey to femininity, the journey Mm -hmm. to masculinity, I would like to ask the audience, um, the men in our audience, what, how do they define what a feminine woman is to them? And then preceding that, I would like to ask the women of the audience, how do they define what a masculine woman is? And I would like to get these perspectives because sometimes what we think is feminine or masculine isn't. Right. Right. You know, I I think uh, a lot of what we identify uh, as masculine and feminine um, comes from upbringing. The stuff that we see, you know, as a young kid, you know, with our our mothers and our family and everything, um, from how we dress, the way we talk, um, the things that we do, sort of kind of like define at an early age, what feminine and masculine is. We associate masculinity with, with sports, uh, with talking tough, fighting, um, you know, anything that has to do with physicality is linked to uh, masculinity. What we see as feminine, you know, they care about fashion, the way they look, um, you know, their culinary skills in the kitchen, you know, homemaking, stuff like that. Um, we associate that with femininity. Now, fast forward that to 2020, I mean, we can pretty much same, say the same for both. For both men and women, you know, men care about how they look. They care about their skills in the kitchen. And, you know, women, they play in sports, they fight, um, and all that. So um, we should define ourselves as, you know, being masculine or feminine uh, to what, you know, makes us happy and what makes us uh, gravitate towards um, people that are like-minded or have the, the same ideas or even if they don't have the same ideas or whatever. But you at least respect where they're coming from and what they identify to. So to me, those are um, uh, what's masculine and what's feminine, in my opinion. Okay, so great. So we have, um, just like I said, I asked the men in the audience, what do they define as feminine? Uh And I've gotten attitude, I've gotten approach, as the two things that they define as feminine. Now, I'm not sure if my question is coming across correctly, but what I'm asking essentially is when you sit down with yourself and you think, I'd like to have me a feminine woman Uh um, or a woman who embodies femininity, what are the things that come to mind that she does? Mm. Like with examples. Okay. okay. 
So with that being said, our first um, descriptive answer is being soft-spoken instead of challenging, listening to, um, to respond instead of understand. Um, oh. And I'm thinking that they mean not listening to respond, but instead right. to understand. Right. Um, right. That is a definition of femininity, uh-huh. person's perspective. Uh-huh. If you guys have any more, that's great. For me, as far as someone, a man who embodies masculinity is a man who leads. Uh And when I say lead, I mean they actually have sight and a direction to go. I don't mean they're puffing their chest out and it's like, clean this kitchen. Yeah. You know, because the man said so. Yeah. yeah. I oh. mean, they have vision as to where they're going, where they want their career to go, where they want their family to go, and where they want their children to go. Oh. So if he has the the vision of what where he wants to go, and everyone that I said behind him then he will be able to lead. Right. I don't feel like a man can lead if he has no vision. That's right. The second thing for me that um, embodies masculinity is someone who is grounded and he knows how to lay the foundation of him being grounded, right? Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. means he doesn't base his action off what I'm doing as a woman. Mm -hmm. He doesn't base his integrity off of what I'm doing as a woman because he's grounded. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. And if a person is grounded and the man has vision, then I feel comforted in knowing that I can submit to that. You don't you don't submit to somebody who all over the place who yeah. don't have no sight on where he want to go. Like why uh-huh. would you submit to that? There's right. no way you would. That's like yeah. you going, you know, you you know that when you when you apply for a job or whatever, you look on the internet, they have like the goal of the company, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're not going to go and hi- and go to a company and you don't know, okay, what's the goal of the company? You know what I mean? Right. So, <clears throat> and don't have a good track record either. And don't have a good track record. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, another, I, and this probably could be masculine or feminine, but another masculine trait to me is how a person treats other people when no one's watching. Right. You know? They right. integrity. Right. We got from the audience, um, as far as a woman is concerned, to and speaking to what I was speaking to as far as masculinity, yes, the man has to have direction. That's what she says from the audience. So it's confirming the direction. Because I feel like um, we have, a you know, nowadays a tendency to be hyped on, I'm an alpha male, I'm the man, and all this. And I mean, it's like... Uh, you know, the comment of the blind leading the blind, like this person yeah. has no sense of self, no sense of direction, not grounded, 
And you can't do that. You can't follow behind a person that's doing, you know, have, having those type of uh, behaviors. Uh-huh. Um, anyone else, uh, if you want to speak to masculinity or, okay, we have one more for femininity. So he says, descript- describing femininity is she's uplifting, she's brave, she's secure, she's understanding, she operates in meekness. She submits to masculine energy, whether it's her man or not. She understands her energy reveals his masculine energy. Therefore, she knows her place, her role. All of these, those things to me are the greatest power on the face of the earth. And she embodies them all. Hmm. Very nice. We put. Yeah. yeah. So we're unisexual healing. We're on uh, Anchor by Spotify. So uh, we're going to wrap things up real quick. And I'm going to just um, start off with uh, a closing statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so the solution to all is, from a man's point of view, in my opinion, is you know provide things outside of the purposes of providing and protecting. You know, we attach our manhood, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to providing and protecting what's ours. So instead of focusing on the things that are tangible and superficial, provide her with valuable intangibles. So for instance, you know, give her a safe space to be emotional and vulnerable. Make her laugh. Remind her how much she means to you. You know, keep that cup filled with love and understanding. And, you know, there's not all lost for us as men because believe it or not, there's still a need for us when it comes to women. It's up to you with how you want to be utilized. If you want love, make sure you demonstrate how to love. And if you want respect, you know, make sure you do things that warrants respect. Sounds simple, but some people's not. Uh, don't ask or demand anything that you're not willing to do yourself. Because if you don't, what you're asking for loses, loses its authenticity. It's not genuine. You'll be coming from a place of selfishness and women don't respond well to selfishness. Us as black men, we have so many strikes against us already. We carry the burden of fighting against stereotypes every day. Finding a place in the heart of your woman shouldn't be a fight. It should be organic and harmonious because at the end of the day, your identity lies in your happiness and the happiness you bring to those around you. Skull, you have any final word? Yes, <clears throat> that was very good, by the way. I would say in clothing, closing, I'm sorry, I would say women do the inner work. Find out the things that you need to find out as far as where your femininity lies based on the things that happened to you while you were growing up and all the way. I would say also nurture your femininity like you would nurture your womb. Just like the womb brings forth life and healing and love, so can your femininity as it pertains to relationships, um, friendships, family, and the world. It is that important for you to nurture the femininity. And that's what I have in closing. Thank you. 
Thank you very much, Ms. Go. All right, that's a wrap on this episode of Unisexual Healing. Thank you for listening, and thank you for the people with their questions and comments. Keep them coming on future episodes. Uh, for Ms. Go, with Dan, I'm Joe Alexander. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram uh, at uni, uh, Unisexual Healing unders, uh, underscore healing. Uh, also follow us on Spotify. Uh, so you can get notifications on future episodes when they come available. Uh, we'd like to say thank you again for listening. Good night, and we'll see you next time.